We find out these different colored suits because we start making stops. Mm-hmm. Um, green is for middle management, apparently. Um, what's the next color? We do get medical, I think, at one point. I did not oh, yeah. pay attention. <laughs> That's fine. I no, I latch on to fun little world building details. To mm-hmm, be fair, mm-hmm. um, he does have a little slip up, like saying like rebelling events being called this yerk name and like just yells out jake my name is jake mm-hmm. um and this like clues him in more that this is not your average bunch of ethnically diverse new york subway goers or commuters <laughs> mm-hmm. because they react to him yelling on the subway basically which is just Mwah! love that <laughs> love that detail um yeah, yeah. This this Ghost Rider has definitely been to New York a few times. Yeah. Um, but uh, there is this uh, reference, like, there are pills now to, in theory, help control host bodies that might, because Jake's like, oh, yeah, my body, sometimes I have trouble with my host. Um, yep. Yellow jumpsuits is medical. And orange is research and development. So, which is where jake apparently works um but the other orange boiler suited individual was like yeah come with me so i'm gonna go to the clinic and get some of these pills then and she's like mm, yeah fair which uh, the pills reminded me of another book which i hope has come up already i honestly truly don't remember um the the take free will away book the, yes it's the cow book yeah <laughs> okay, yeah, 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 that's right. I literally could not remember, rightfully so, uh, anything about that book yeah. other than the, that yeah. bit. It's I, I do like the the information drop later where one of the other controllers is like, yeah, between you and me, those pills don't work. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love the notion I, that even Yerks are susceptible to placebos, though. Like, uh-huh. This will help you control your host body. Like eh, They don't do shit, really. <laughs> yeah it just it feels like this ghostwriter again read one of those other books and was like oh i like this little detail let me throw it in mm. nice little callback moment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but jake now alone resists the impulse to start yelling he hates that he's wearing a jumpsuit he wears jeans like kiddo boiler suits and jumpsuits are gonna come real back and they're gonna be great <laughs> um but he's like aware that probably somebody's going to be watching him. So mm-hmm. the craft sort of lands. Uh, he sees a small, excuse me, a small park where a bunch of Andalite controllers are feeding, um, which distresses him to to no world, uh, to no doubt, ugh, to no end. There we go. I know how words work. Um, and just like, this is clearly the sign that it's really gone wrong because no Andalite is going to let himself be captured. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like, okay, I don't know what this is. Is this a world before or after or in parallel? Is this a bizarro world? Um, is this his own nightmare? And he's like, well, I don't know what it is. The Yerks are strong, but he's free, at least in that moment. Uh, but he's managing to sort of get his shit together a little. It's like, okay, you didn't plan it, but now you just got to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And yeah, he starts stepping out into what's described as the wasteland of Times Square. Um, with a Yerk oh. metropolis roaring overhead. Um, but at street level, it's sort of like eerie. It's described as having, uh, being coated in menacing silence. Um, and there's yeah. just this billboard buzzing overhead. Um, you can go home again. This is some Blade Runner shit. This is like a yeah. big electrified billboard. Uh, tired of the city? Make the Yerk homeworld your home too. Transport's leaving noon and midnight, first of each cycle from the Yerk Empire State Building. Um, and at the bottom in smaller print are the words, High Council Division for the Relocation of Unfit and Insurrectionist Hosts. Uh, and fun little detail, these words were sprayed over by the graffiti tag EF because Escafil Files is alive and well. <laughs> 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 oh, the... I made this note in our document because I was like, hey. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, like, when I read that, I was like, what the fuck can that stand for? I don't know what it can stand for except for Escafil Files. Because <laughs> I was trying to pin it on something. And it comes out, it's like Evolutionist Front or something it weird. May, it's... It's what the Yerk Peace movement has become. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because now peace isn't an option. They're looking at creating an alternative for hosts. Mm-hmm. Um, for like that they can be grown, like an evolutionary thing. How I like the notion it's about the Yerks need to evolve. Yeah. And that's so that's what this movement is. Let me be mm-hmm. clear, I dig the EF. They're cool. Yeah, they're pretty cool. But I did just think, hey, it's a little fun. I was so. confused. I was like, I don't know. Could that mean? Uh, what does it stand for? Um, but he and but Jake is like, hmm, graffiti and also like unfit and insurrectionist host. Like, it's a clue, Sherlock. Um, <laughs> but it does give him this hope that there are people rebelling, that there's an in the resistance group somewhere, and if there are allies in this New York City, he's got to find them. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, but he's got. But his first thought is finding his friends. Um. And he's like, okay, well, Mark, I'll be in a video arcade. Rachel could be in any express from Midtown to Soho. Um, where would I find them? Where would I find them? And his thought is, well, Cassie would be the easiest to find because she'd be in a park. And he's clearly this slightly romanticized version of Cassie in his head. Mm-hmm. But I'll allow because he is in love with her. Um. But like being in a park and feeding the pigeons. And then he starts getting uh, shot. Well, he's not getting shot at. Uh, because <laughs> there like... is just random. You know how taxons are already kind of scary as as established <laughs> in the books? You know what they absolutely need when being used as the shock troopers of the Yerk Empire? Machine guns. <laughs> So we get this fucking 80s action movie-esque death squad of taxons that are scarred, mm-hmm. carrying fucking machine guns. <laughs> this is how you, like, well, having talked about, like, this being a simulation, because that feels like something Jake's brain would produce. Uh-huh. That feels like yeah. a teenage boy. Like, how do I make taxons <clears throat> worse? Machine gun. Obvi. <laughs> Um, and we find out later, like, these are like, the taxons, like, the brute force, effectively, of like, the organ, of like, the keep peacekeeping. Um, 
But yeah, fucking bandoliers of energy ammo and handheld dragon beams as well as machine gun. Uh, just the visual of, I mean, that's another thing. Like, leaving aside why taxons are so fragile and how much of that is canon slash fanon. Danielle, I need to talk to you about that. Unrelated to this. <laughs> but the fact that these are heavily buff scarred taxons, like, yeah. Taxons don't scar. They don't have opportunity to scar. They start bleeding and somebody else is eating them or they're eating themselves. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the taxons we've seen. Um, I just fucking the visual of fucking like a Rambo cover, like the bandoliers <laughs> and the bandana, but it's a taxon is just front and center in my mind right now. Um, Jack's like, okay, nope's out of there. Uh, he's like, he, what to be fair, he fights the urge to sprint because a controller wouldn't run. Um, but he's like, he's at ground level. He's got nowhere to go. Um, tragedy upon tragedies. The McDonald's on the corner of Times Square is a burned out shell. The golden arch is like crushed and dim on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like this. Um, he's like running like the, there's nowhere for him to hide. There's no cover. And then there is the, telltale shriek of a red-tailed hawk out of nowhere a red-tailed hawk buzzes his head an ancient looking one thin with feathers missing and skin torn around the eyes sailed into the steam cloud over a subway it's like the game has given him a clue mm -hmm. like this way asshole mm -hmm. um let me tell you I, he, and he does say like tobias like as a question um but uh, I'm just, I just like, I lost my mind a little bit when I read that. I was like, is this an old Tobias Hawk? What's happening in this book? Uh, so I had to buy them. <laughs> um, but uh, hey, he's been spotted by, described in the book as the Taxon Gang Leader. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fuck, this book is. <laughs> it's, it's fucking uh, Gangs of New York, but Taxons. <clears throat> it's it's, uh, it's it, West Side Story. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be so. <laughs> it'd be so easy for them to do the clicks because they've got all those pincers, <laughs> just like six sets of pincers clicking in unison. He dives down. He figures out. Right, yes, the subway grate that was highlighted. So he runs for the subway entrance. Um, gets spotted by a three foot tall human looking at him quizzically, um, who promptly hides the stack of flyers he was carrying behind him. Jake thinks he sees the uh, EF again. Um, but this guy does act sort of in friendship almost. Mm -hmm. At least, I don't know, it's just like, what do you do to get sent down here? Um, which makes Jake like, ah, because like, what he's still struggling to breathe after all this running. And there are fumes, just ghastly mm -hmm. fumes everywhere down here. A horrible stench, a humid rot. Um, but, uh, this, uh, guy run, takes off. Um, his attacks are following. Yeah. But I love the problem. You won't last long down here. No one does. Mm -hmm. um, 
But hey, in the way that is so often my favorite things in cities with underground systems uh, is when you're in a dystopian future, people are living in the tunnels. Mm -hmm. I love this trope. <laughs> um, however, this is not fun. Um, alas. To be fair, I think this is described as a wide domed hall. So this might be like an old, different subway station or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but follows this, uh, Jake follows this guy to this um, large chamber away from the screaming uh, taxons. And it's replaced by the sounds of uh, people in distress, like muffled cries, weak moans. And uh, in this massive chamber, uh, it's described as a sampling of human and alien life. Uh, he describes it as a horrific sampling, um, which, you know. But we know how the, uh, how the animals books be when it comes to ableism. Mm -hmm. But there are uh, slow-moving Geds down here. There are Hawkbajir who are like missing arms or legs or both. Human children, um, and what's described as maimed or disabled adults, um, laying on mats. So there are battle scarred andalites. Um, and it's just this deeply sort of depressing uh, vibe, like all these, like the cast offs from society. Because mm -hmm. as the, uh, as the short man said, like, People get sent down here to die from the sounds of it. Mm -hmm. And it's also very interesting to me that they use these words like, um, hold on, where is it? Uh, I lost where I went in the fucking document. Um, but mm -hmm. coming after the last book with all that ableism bullshit, mm -hmm. they don't use the C word in here. Yeah. No. It's specifically maimed or disabled adults. And I just thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. mm. I wonder if like somebody was like, hey, let maybe let's like not. <laughs> I mean, probably not. It is a different writer. Yeah. True. Yeah. So. But um, when pushing for an explanation, um, when Jake is pushing this explanation, this, um, this guy explains, uh, who's busy reassuring a group of kids, which I like this touch. Um, and it depends on who you ask. The emperor calls us fugitives. The EF calls us refugees. I call us casualties, casualties of the fitness policy. But it doesn't really matter, does it? We're all prey. He smiled. Uh, your body is strong. You must suffer mental illness. And Jake's like, I could hardly argue. I must. <laughs> um, and then we get, ah, his tone turned gentle, more condescending. Like, ah, what up? No, <laughs> Satanism is alive and well. Um, mm -hmm. Hey, take heart, friend. At least with your strong body, you stand chance against the tax on special force. With our help, you may last a month, maybe even two. Um. But his vision starts to, Jake's vision starts to warp. Like the, the bad smells are getting to him. He feels like he's going to pass out. Um, and then, cause it turns out he, uh, he starts running away trying to find somewhere for air and ends up on a subway station platform and nearly gets pulled onto the Crosstown Express of the worst kind. Because as we saw, uh, when the kids went, uh, not in the, in the kids, in the, um, and like Chronicles, 
yes. Um, mm. The way the taxons in the living hive moved, like using uh, like air pressure to move around tunnels. They have utilized the subway system in New York for the uh, uh, for the taxons to travel through, which is pretty fucking smart, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, the taxon mass transit, as it were. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but he nearly gets uh, Jake nearly gets pulled in by like the by the air pressure. Yeah. Um, gets spotted. Um, but some taxons, a couple of taxons roll out of the stream because clearly this is their stop. Um, or maybe they just spotted Jake. Either way, they start, uh, going for him and he has to, like, pull himself away. He's running again, uh, basically. And he's, he's, he's off and running. He gets, uh, he's like, gets injured. He, bangs against one of these taxons in his attempts to run away, slams a gate and just keeps climbing up and up and out, but makes it. Uh, his leg is killing him, his head because uh, he crashed against the turnstile, but he's made it up and out but realises that he is not on his own. Because, hey, we get to meet uh, the newest alien race portrayed in the Animorphs books. These guys yeah. are pretty bizarre. Yeah. I dig uh, the design. These are very cool books. Give yes. us opportunity for weird looking aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are the Orf. Uh, they speak really fast, uh, similar to how the Garatron kind of like all of his words jumbled together. And then like a second later, uh, they were able to, to figure out what he was saying. Um, only this, it just it just like takes some getting used to to figure out what they're saying, um, and they are just fucking weird. Um, <laughs> roughly human in outline, except for a third leg and a seriously long neck. Uh, each of them has only one eye that is internally lit. Uh, and at the center of the eye is an iris. And a pupil that orbits the iris. Uh, and also, like, their skin is, appears to be see-through. Like, he can see all of the organs of the, the orf. Um, which we learn later is actually a, uh, he, he notes here, like, that would be a really weird evolutionary thing to happen because, you can see exactly where to hit. And it turns out later that this is actually a defensive evolutionary thing. The organs are where uh, things are not. Uh, and uh, That's dope as hell. I'm sorry. It that is, is some fun-ass. I love that. It's, it's fun spec bio. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, these things are really, really strong. Um, they grab him asking him what he's doing in the ghetto. Um, work truancy is a crime. Why aren't you at your work site? Um, he doesn't know what to say because he's just having a bad time. <laughs> uh, and uh, they they kind of like point out his badge, um, which says planetary engineer on it. Um, 
And the Orf is like, can you tell us where you live or can't you remember? Um, they could, he can tell that they know where he lives. They can read where he lives and they're just, they're testing to see if he knows, but he doesn't. Um, and then, uh, there's an explosion. Um, Jake tries to lie to talk about where he lives. Um, they don't believe him. They put these kind of weird organic handcuffs on him and start pulling him away. Um, they introduce themselves as the ORF security agents to the High Council. Uh, they're basically the uh, first animals book to accurately portray cops as bastards. Yeah. Um, T. And uh, they start to drag him away. There's another explosion. And in the ensuing chaos of basically a skyscraper, the foundation of a skyscraper exploding and the skyscraper collapsing, Jake is able to get away um, and and run away from from these <coughs> captors. Uh, he is briefly knocked out when he wakes up. He has a horrible headache, but he's alive. Um, everything is chaos, uh, spewing geysers from water mains, fires, crackling, uh, hundreds of patrol ships on the scene, taxons herding injured into transport, satisfying their raging hunger by disposing of the dead right then and there. Um, the orf were gone. And Jake is like, all right, well, peace. He tries to run and he <laughs> runs straight into, <laughs> he runs straight into a person in a purple suit, um, that he recognizes, uh, and he can't believe he recognizes, uh, before he can say anything about it. Um, another taxon attacks them, uh, and she begins to run. Uh, and he runs after her. Uh, they. I do like that she shoots, tries to shoot him at one point for following her. Mm -hmm. I oh, do yeah. like that detail. It's just mm -hmm. the dragon beam is malfunctioning, so she misses. And it's implied mm -hmm. that's the only reason why. Yep. Uh, they are chased by taxons into what sounds like a theater. Um, and Makes sense if they started on Times Square, like around that mm -hmm. area, like it's Midtown, mm -hmm. isn't it? Uh, and Jake kind of gets up onto the stage and then up into the rafters and starts dropping shit on taxons, uh, which works great. Uh, he's able to save this woman uh, and he, uh, reconnects with her where, where she's been kind of like half crushed by a taxon. He frees her and we learn that he has recognized this woman as Cassie. Um, and she, she looks like Cassie, but at the same time has, None of the, as he puts it, peace or sensitivity 
uh, that he would expect in her expression. Um, she's like, so you're not dead. Um, and clearly expecting him to have been dead, but she recognized him. Um, and he kind of tries to make a joke, like, the city's doing all it can to kill me, but no, I'm not dead. Um, where are the others? How did you get here? What the fuck is going on? Because I was at home, and we just came back from our me last messed up mission, and I wake up this morning, and I'm 25 years old, with a beard and no memory of the decade in between. Is this Krayok or the Elemist? Um, and Cassie is like, I haven't thought of those names in years. Um, and she, she takes into this first aid kit to help, to, like, uh, bandage up her arm, and it's filled with explosives. It's um, a bug out, but it's got, like, other stuff in there, but yes, yeah. Jake does lock onto the fact that there is C4 in here. <laughs> uh, and she's like, I take it you're not with the EF? Um, she explains that the EF is the evolutionist front, the Yerk rebel group, the so-called insurrectionists, dedicated to turning away from parasitism and toward the use of artificially creative symbiotes. Uh, she gives him a dragon beam, uh, and he sees that there is an emergency Candrona particle emitter in the case. Uh, and he puts together that she is actually a controller. Um, she's a uh, she is working together with a Yerk named Nis. Um, they're both in the EF together. They cooperate to fight the council. And she led the team responsible for the blast this morning. That's why the taxons are after her. Um, an uncontrollable wave of nausea nodded my chest. It was like hearing my dad confess to being a drug pusher or a murderer. It was an impossibility. Cassie, what are you saying? You engineered a blast that must have killed hundreds of refugees, the very people the EF is trying to help? That makes you a terrorist. How can you possibly justify that? In a war, Jake, anything is justified. She spoke with an unnerving confidence. I'm not a kid anymore. I'm not concerned with the nonsense I used to be. Like life and peace? You think that's nonsense now? Don't you remember our last mission, the Ragson building battle, the come down? You needed to talk when we got out, and I turned you away. Just didn't want to deal with it. I was an idiot that night, Cassie. You were on target with your doubts, just like you always were. You have to realize that. She laughed dismissively. You're talking about a different timeline, Jake. There were so many missions back then, all just a pitiful blur of youthful idealism. You don't get it, do you? I'm saying that I finally understand war. The way she was speaking, the way she was sort of talking down to me, made me feel like I was about as important to her as a screw in the stage floor. Was there really no connection between us? Was my friend so changed? Uh, the taxons own the subway, I said. The orf rule the streets. Cassie, if you look around, it's obvious that somehow we lost our chance to win this war. The war is not lost, she hissed. Her eyes were on fire. She looked ready to attack me. But then her eyes moved to the badge on my chest, and all at once her anger vanished. Her face relaxed, then brightened. Her expression changed so quickly it was frightening. Uh, because she has realized that he is a planetary engineer working on the Chrysler Building Project. 
Uh, apparently, the Yerks want to turn the moon into a small Candrona radiating sun, which is some sci-fi bullshit. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and essentially, they're going to fire some kind of energy beam that will ignite the moon. Sure. Uh, I'm just thinking, you know, that because it was all over fucking TikTok, you know, the sun is a deadly laser. Instead, this is the moon is a friendly laser. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she's like, the targeting has to be extremely precise. Um, uh, the yeah, Yerks. Sure, make this not sound like utter ridiculous nonsense. Oh, yeah, you have to hit it in just the right way or you are <laughs> just going to blow up the moon. <laughs> uh but she's really excited about this because this means that he can, if he helped, if he is working on the mission, he can help to sabotage the mission. Um, and he's just like, how, how did we get here? How did all of this happen? Um, and she's like, all right, well, you're not going to like the answer, but, uh, how was I captured? Because of you. Um, I was betrayed by you, but you were a controller at that point. Uh, basically, you came home. The Yerk in Tom's head finally put it all together. Clues, carelessness, carelessness, I don't know, but he suspected you of being an Andalite bandit, and then one night he was sure. He planned his attack so well that when it came, you didn't stand a chance. You, Marco, and Axe were taken immediately in my barn. Rachel was killed outright. They caught me the next day. Only Tobias escaped. A tightness constricted my throat. Rachel? Dead? There was a time when I'd encouraged her recklessness. I'd put her, more than any of the others, in dangerous spots. And Tobias? With a hawk's lifespan, he'd be dead by now. Cassie told me all of this matter-of-factly, like I should know the story, like I should have known this. All of it was because of me. Uh, and then the taxons reappear to chase them to keep the pressure on um and she incapacitates one of the taxons uh and at first jake's like yeah okay that makes sense you don't need to kill it because you just need to stop it from following us except then she double taps <laughs> and fucking murders this taxon just if uh, it wasn't clear that this cassie is a bit different I'm just uh -huh. gonna have her do this. Yeah. Um, Which also was unnecessary because if you shot off its legs, any other taxon behind it are gonna come eat it anyway. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, and they they get running. Uh, they make it away from those taxons, and uh, they get a little bit more information. Um, he sees a copy of a magazine. Um, that. The Yerk conquest that his dad just got, uh, that his dad just got in the mail. So clearly everything ended very soon after whenever he went to sleep, right? Uh, she says, it's been about 10 years. The Yerk conquest concluded in a matter of weeks after we were captured. Turns out we were more than a thorn in the side of the empire. We'd actually started to shift the balance. Um, he asks what happened to the others. Uh, and she says, Axe became a high-ranking controller. He was a key player in the Yurk attack on his homeworld. The Andalite planet was decimated. Millions died. Tens of thousands of Andalites were taken. 
Um, EF leadership thinks there are some still free in deep space, but she can't imagine how. Um, Tobias is an anti-Yerk leader. Um, <laughs> does he know about Rachel? Yes. As for Marco, Marco's Visser 2 now in charge of Earth. He's done terrible things. Uh, the Visser 3, you remember, was made head of the council, the supreme Yerk leader, emperor. Uh, and Jake is having a bit of a breakdown, uh, because he cannot, he can't this handle this information. In. It's a mm -hmm. lot. Uh, and he's, he starts repeating the free or die chant, um, from the hork which honestly is kind of touching. Um, the fact and that he has this realization that, or this thought that Cassie's yerk is feeding him lies, it's the worst things that Cassie could say is happening. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this just adds more credence to the whole simulation thing. Just like, mm -hmm. mm, yes, we need to press his buttons as much as possible. Say the worst thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, they've got a list of like, this will fuck him up real bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and basically Cassie's like, stop. Listen, go to work, pretend like you're, everything is normal. Uh, we'll have someone contact you in order to, uh, uh, like with uh, further uh, instructions, with further instructions about how to stop this thing from turning into a Kendra and a sun, right? Um, explode the moon, we'll shower the earth with debris. We'll knock out satellites, destroy spacecraft, disrupt the entire Yerk social structure. We'll cre create an opening for an attack by the EF. Um, and she tells him that there are free humans, that small groups still survive. There's still hope. The war isn't lost, but it will be if this energy beam fires like it's supposed to. Um, and she tells him that... Uh, you know, we'll be in contact. We need a code word. Um, he, he tries to be like, how about peace as a code word? And she, she's just like, no. How about animorphs? <laughs> <laughs> um, and they split up. Uh, and before we move on to his work and the fucked upness that that is, uh, Jade had some comments about how Cassie is. I Like I said earlier in a flippant way about this is the last touch of subtlety you're going to see in this book, and I, I stand <laughs> by that. Like, Oh yeah, as this I said, book does not do subtlety. Yeah. Um, I know writers who use subtext, and they're cowards. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as I said at the top, like, the, like, the trope or narrative device of the... Um, the older, grizzled version of a once idealistic character mm -hmm. um, is is tried and true. And also, just like the fact that this is only a 25-year-old Cassie, just mm -hmm. that reminder that, hey, you don't want to think about how young these kids are in the main timeline. It's been 10 years and they're only fucking, well, 12 years and they're only 25. Mm -hmm. Upsetting. Um but this is really what the book is about, as I said in, in my comment. Like, this is the book's thesis statement, as it were, to Jake, to be clear. It's just like, hey, your choices matter. 
this is how Cassie can be. And it's, let me be clear, I think it's bullshit. Um, <laughs> especially riding on the back of the, of the Megamorphs, which is mm-hmm. such an interesting and delicate attempt to unpick things and to take an approach. This feels like, it's not Elemist fuckery, but if the Elemist went, mm, yeah, maybe not letting Jake have memories of that was a bad idea. I just need to run a thing to make sure he really understands how fucked up things could get. <laughs> we had the what if that was different. Here is if it goes wrong. It really does feel like, hey, Jake, you want to see all your worst fears about what you as a leader is going to do to your friends? Here it is. Mm-hmm. This is the consequences of your actions. You did this. And like, because Cassie's saying, like, you did this. Uh, just like, oh, what happened? You did. Well, you were a controller already. So he didn't then, did he? <laughs> like, because that's not how that works. Well, I think I read it more as like, the mistakes you made did this. Mm-hmm. Like, coming home, not putting your clothes mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Like, I think that's the takeaway for us as the reader that we should read that as. Like, Fair. but in narrative, this version of Cassie choosing to phrase it like that. Whereas we and Jake also just like, oh, I fucked up. I shouldn't have done that. I did this. And it really does feel like another take on the one bad day is mm-hmm. all it takes and everything's going to fall apart. Mm hmm. Um, and because we get this fucking another bullshit instance of Jake makes a choice, but we're not going to tell you what it is because we're spineless. I'm I'm mad about it. I wish the book had had the stones to make a fucking choice um, <laughs> and tell us what it is. Uh, but no, it's left up to the reader to decide. And I'm mad about it. Because um, I love the notion of this dark timeline where Cassie has become this person. I think that's a supremely interesting journey for somebody like Cassie to go on Absolutely. because she has always believed in doing the right thing. And for somebody to lose their argument, their naivety to become jaded and embittered by war, by the loss of her friends and still needing to fight the fight and do what she thinks is the right thing. Is fast. That's a great arc for her to go on. It's just it's a cheat because we didn't see the intervening years. We just have Cassie crying in an alleyway because, as she says, I had to kill some people today and I feel bad about it. To Cassie ready to fucking double tap attacks on and blow up a building, no matter of how many innocent survivors there'll be, because it's for the greater good. Mm-hmm. So it becomes jarring. Because it, it, it's Jake, like, I knew you like this five minutes ago, and now you're this. But freedom fighter Cassie, like fucking John Connor, running around <laughs> New York City being like, yeah, nah, I'm part of the revolution, bitch. That absolutely fits with a Cassie who would make peace with a Yerk. Mm-hmm. And fucking, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll get myself stuck in Morph. It, uh, don't worry, there's going to be an undo button, but I don't know about it. So the, this gesture still means something. I promise. Um, you can see how that would happen. 
other mm -hmm. things we see in this book, I'm just spoil it. Like Marco becoming Visa Two and being devastatingly like when Marco shows up and we get a glimpse of actual Marco, not Visa Two. It's oh, because everything Marco is afraid of becoming being utile, mm -hmm. that ability to see the fucking white line and have no compunction about following it. The way we see Tobias later, they're all natural um, sort of progressions of where we see them as children. Mm -hmm. Arguably Marco though, is because he's become effectively someone else who just knows how to work like Marco does. Right. But, and it is like, this is Jake's nightmare of what his friends could become. Mm -hmm. Of Cassie becoming a violent person, of Tobias becoming indifferent, of Rachel dying or becoming like massively injured because of him. It's that sort of. When they say, like, if you blame yourself for everything, that's not like altruism, that's arrogance to assume that you are responsible for everything. Um, but we know Jake does hold himself to this because mm -hmm. as the leader, he feels like these are his soldiers, but also his friends. And he's like torn between that all the time. And this is like his reckoning with, okay, this is how you're going to, this is how you use your friends and the things you make them do. This is what's going to happen. Except, whoops, this isn't going to mean anything because this is just some fucking random alien that's decided to fuck with you this day. But maybe you should talk to your girlfriend, yeah? Because <laughs> you could get the figured out by Tom any day now and just yoked in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. Make better choices. And it's like... It feels like there's such interesting stuff here and the way it's just dissembled means that it falls a little flat. Like, it isn't... Mm -hmm successful at what it's trying to do mm -hmm. and that's sad because i do think there's some incredible work in here even if the book as a whole is a fucking disaster yeah 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 but hey we should we should talk unless people want to talk more about cassie in this one we should talk about uh jake's very bad day at work <laughs> Which now with we've had the matrix brought up and thinking about this chapter in that light of like the opening scene in the matrix where he gets like chased out of the office and doesn't jump out the window. Mm -hmm. Um, it's good. Um, going back to Cassie for a second and mm -hmm. Please. no spoilers, but uh, I just want you to remember everything you just said about her characterization for the end of the series, and we will talk about it later. That is all. <laughs> squints at you <laughs> I hate when people do this to me <laughs> I want it on the record I did not do it this time you didn't I, I will take I will take that blame <laughs> yeah um, but I bet Danielle was there nodding like yeah <laughs> <laughs> agree with what you I'm just over here messaging Bella in the background that's all <laughs> I love making podcasts with friends. <laughs> don't don't worry about it. In, in six months, I'm just going to burst into Bella's DMs. Like, what the actual fuck? Why did you do this? Yeah. Yeah.
still worried about this fucking glowing cave. Danielle, I'm going to fight you. Anyway. <laughs> I'm fine. This uh-huh. is fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Jake's terrible, no good, very bad day at work. Uh, he goes to work. It's a weird capitalist hellscape. Um, he shows up and, like, this Andalite controller and this other human controller are like, oh, figured you'd abandon us for Homeworld. Uh, haha. You didn't come into work today. Um, had, oh, he's like, oh, I had to visit the clinic. This is the dude who tells him, oh, don't, the, <laughs> my host used to work for the ACLU and won't shut up. <laughs> that was fucking funny. That made me laugh. <laughs> um, about but the pills don't work. Afraid. Yeah. Um, I will give a special shout out to the shitty presentation that they have yeah. to sit through. Yeah. Because, like, oh, good to know that some things are never going to change. Which, yeah, like, welcome. Uh, the uh, Earth has been taken over by alien forces, but you're still going to have to sit through fucking meetings like peer communication skills, conquest through companionship. <laughs> And just fucking watch a shitty little video about like <laughs> this fucking controller interaction. Just like, mm, now, what was missing from that interaction that could have facilitated team compatibility? And I'm like, what the fuck is this? I feel like Ellen Shiro is just like, I'd refuse to suffer alone. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to do so much bullshit, like fucking uh, compulsory and mandatory training courses of this sort of flavor. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it is painfully accurate to like just fucking corporate culture mm-hmm. um uh but jake finds his desk where there's this weird thought controlled computer that he has to get used to and he's in control of some kind of team um and uh <laughs> they kind of look at him because he's obviously struggling with stuff that he should be uh, totally capable of. Uh, and they're like, are you okay? And he's like trying to pretend to be busy shuffling papers, but there aren't any papers to shuffle. Um, and then he looks back at his his crew and they're all d- dead bodies. Like, it's just... It's a nightmare within a nightmare. The seats held the raw, bloody, dismembered bodies of enemies I had faced in battle. My past was staring back at me. You have to understand that I really didn't think what I was seeing was real, and yet, under the harsh fluorescent lights, there was no mistaking that the corpses were there. A hork corpse rose out of a chair. His mauled body had been ripped apart by the claws of my tiger morph. How could he stand? He wasn't even breathing. His muscles were decomposing. And yet he staggered out from behind the console and started toward me. He stretched his arm forward, extended his wrist blade, and reached for me. A growling rumbled in a voice box that wasn't there. Tiger jaws had ripped it out. And it's just like a bunch of these weird dead controller bodies um that were killed by him as a tiger or by him as a shark um he has a vision hell it's it's really incredible yeah um he sees david as a rat running around um Ah, chef kiss yes uh he 
sees, uh, he closes his eyes. When he opens his eyes again, he's in free fall next to a howler. Um, and it's just like, he, he is out of his mind having a terrible fucking nightmare. I kind of like the idea that this is like his actual sleeping mind breaking through whatever this weird simulation is. Ooh, that's cool. Um, because these sound like the kind of nightmares he would have. Because we know that he has nightmares about David and we know he has nightmares about the Howlers. Um, and other battles. So, like, it makes sense to me. Um, but he, he kind of wakes up from this nightmare and his crew is alive and looking at him like, are you, really, are you okay? You don't look okay. Um, uh, but then there are, uh, some more Orf and hork coming towards him, led by his father. Um, who is obviously- a odds? Yeah, who is obviously a controller at this point. Um, and is here to arrest Jake. That's right. Once upon a time, you were my host's son. This is quite a coincidence in a city so big. <laughs> sure it is! <laughs> uh, it was a weird and unlikely coincidence. As an isolated event, maybe. I'm out of commission for ten years, and when I tune in again, my dad's there waiting to arrest me. Sure. But combined with bumping into Cassie, with citing Tobias, with learning that it was my carelessness that led to Rachel's death, too much convergence, too many lifelines intersecting. There had to be some other current at work here. Uh, and he's trying to essentially wake himself up from whatever this fever dream is. Um, but it's not working. These guards are trying to take him away. Uh, and he has the flash of insight about the ORF, about like, what if the organs are the decoys and that where the organs aren't is where the organs actually are. Um, and he's able to, like, knock out an orf using this information. It works great. Love it. Um, he morphs Tiger in front of everybody. This this is one of, like, yet another instance where, like, someone morphs in just an incredible amount of time. Um, and we'll see this as the series goes on, that, like, the kids are morphing faster and faster and faster. Especially into battle morphs because they're so used to it. Um, but yeah, he morphs and just like dives into battle, starts tearing shit up. Um, he's about to take down his own father. He's hesitating and then he gets hit, hit from behind and he passes out. Uh, when he wakes up, he's in a holding cell of some kind that the doorway is open, but when he tries to go through the doorway, there's obviously some kind of electrified force field. Uh, in the way uh, that prevents him from getting out. Uh, and then uh, Marco shows up. Um, and we learn that Marco is, he calls himself Visser 3, which Jake points out is like weird because Cassie said he was Visser 2. Um, we get the, the, the moment of, uh, Visser, whatever, 
the yerk dropping control for just a moment, uh, and Marco, like, stuttering, trying to, to say something, basically just moaning no, um, until the yerk picks back, picks back up. Um, the, the yerk continues to spout this bullshit that, like, everybody wants to help the yerks. Uh, no one would be happier than helping the yerks. We're all a big, happy family. Uh, in, it's the informed choice, the in thing to do. Life is cool when you share your head. This yerk was trying to tap into Marco's humor, but it wasn't working. Uh. Mm, the yerk is like, well, we've got a new yerk lined up for you. Someone more cooperative with the Empire, uh, who will help you think through, help that anarchic brain of yours. Huh. Jake is many things. Anarchist is not one of them. Yeah, nah. <laughs> and... Uh, then Marco goes on about how he was spotted near the in the the explosion... And that Jake needs to tell them everything that he knows about the uh, evolutionist front. Which, like, if you're gonna put a New York in his head anyway, mm -hmm. why does it fucking matter? Yeah. Um, uh, but hey, this is where they're gonna bring in Cassie and threaten to feed her to a taxon. Mm -hmm. uh, if he doesn't talk. Uh, this is, again, this... The Marco slash Visser not using the consistent number. It all just feels so false. Mm -hmm. Like, like it's like a plethora of worst case scenarios um, mm -hmm. and nightmares that could happen, um, including this taxon that is like kept on a leash. This is a taxon so like vicious and feral that ate his entire hive and can't be yerked because he's mm -hmm. too vicious. Yeah. Because, you know, because the, yeah, the taxons don't get fucking dehumanized enough. Mm -hmm. Like, I Truly. was awful laughing about taxon Rambo earlier, and I stand by that because that visual is... But there's something... Deep. I blame uh, side games and just general time we've spent with free taxons as well, like learning about them. Just like the visual of an effect, like a literal sort of attack dog taxon is mm -hmm. so upsetting to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very fitting with how the Yerks treat the taxons and like yeah. it it fits with how they've been portrayed so far in the series i don't think it's out of the realm of possibility i just find it viscerally kind of like ah um but please uh Bella, go on oh um i was just gonna say i wanted to like hop back f for a second to jake yeah. morphing uh mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it says in the text uh i'm still able to morph the Yerk Force stared in horror, incredulous. He's not an Andalite. It's impossible. So, you mean to tell me they Yerked all these other bitches and none of them can morph? <laughs> none of them found out about morphing? You Maybe. got Marco as Visser 2, and yet... Didn't go find the, go find the little blue box or bring one right. back from the... Uh -huh. Yeah, nah. Yep. 
It's uh and and there there's an argument here about like well it's been 10 years since the anamorphs were a thing but also like literally Visser 2 is more yeah, capable. I, yeah. And I mean I can see why logistically you might save morph capable hosts and the morphing ability to be granted to only the top tier because the empire is is in, is as interested in controlling its own citizens as it is the species they use for controllers mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. as hosts we've seen that and i can see so like no 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 you don't get to have the the special fun time toy of being able to morph or it's too unpredictable x z y but yeah no it does seem a little off base to them like the oh, gasp <laughs> who could have seen this coming um and i think throughout this entire book jake is the only one to morph yeah he is yeah 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 again, it, it's lampshaded be... with rachel with what we see of rachel yeah yeah like, yeah like, why not just, again, because it's inconsistent and there's like, okay, is this because whatever's creating the simulation doesn't have the information to go by or the creativity to work on it? But yeah, nah. Mm -hmm. The only thing it's really talked about is with the context of Tobias and even that is a locked in sort of thing. He just happens to exist also as old man bird. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking weird. It, it's yeah. fucking weird. Yeah, it's all like feels like part way there. Oh shit, we got morphing. Oh fuck. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That fucking Paul Rudd on the computer. Oh, oh fuck. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> like oh, the book's three quarters written now. Guess this is it. Um, yep. But I will say uh, this scene with like this the Visser shit talking at Jake is very good. Mm -hmm. This feels like again very. Yeah. This feels like the sort of movie that these two watched. You know, mm -hmm. like, this is very, a little Bond villainy, a little bit mm -hmm. like, this is very Visser 3. Mm -hmm. Also, like, he starts monologuing, just like, and sort of like, okay, well, if you don't give us the information, we're going to feed Cassie. This. It's very like, I'm going to dangle the love interest over the shark tank. <laughs> or inside that pool is some ferocious piranha. It's just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's like, but it feels like it's doing it in a little bit of a nudge, nudge, wink, wink way. Like, yeah, nah, this is bizarre. Mm -hmm. And clearly the writer is having fun with this because mm -hmm. it feels like getting to write Marco as a bad guy, like trying mm -hmm. to use the way of talking and stuff like that. Is interesting and fun. And again, when you think about it, like, is this just warping Jake's nightmares and his ideas about people? Mm -hmm. That's making a lot of this stuff a lot more compelling for me to read, frankly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but hey, because, uh, Cassie is a badass now, it doesn't, um, just like, don't give anything away, tell him nothing. Um, just like, Lots of stuff sympathize, you know, as you do. Um, we get the description about the Uber taxon. Um, Cassie is full on prepared, looked like she's going to pull her arm out of their socket to get away. And 
Cassie's all like, I'd rather die a thousand taxon deaths than aid the Empire. Um, <laughs> she meant it. No childish uncertainty lingered in her voice. No naive hopes. She was pure warrior, calculating as any Vissa. When I looked at her face, even though it was ten years older than in my memory, I saw only the Cassie I once knew, the Cassie I once cared for. Um, and she clearly clocks that he's about to do something because she yells at him to stop. Um, and Jake caves, as it were, but it's it's a play. Mm-hmm. Uh, says that he'll tell them what they want. Um, and Mark is like, that makes a new record for breaking a terrorist. <laughs> Things like that that get you noticed by the council. And then we have that uh, next slip with Vissa 3, Vissa 2. Mm-hmm. So, um, and when, but when Jake says, Oh, well, this is a dream, Marco just laughs. It's just like, Oh, dream reality. Can't you tell the difference? Are you sure there is a difference? Pain is pain. Fear is fear. If I order this tax on to eat you now, you'll feel agony beyond imagining. Call it a dream if you want, but it will be real enough. Um, but Jake feeds them a fake line that he's still waiting for contact, that there's going to be another attack, but doesn't, which is all true, but he doesn't mention the Moonray plan. Um, and then her, uh, it says about not hurting Cassie, and I'm just like, her? Who would we want to, why would we want to harm her? She'll give us all these names. Like, no, recognizing the fact that Marco knows who Cassie is. Mm-hmm. But they're acting like he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like the Yerkin Mark said would know exactly who Cassie is. <laughs> I do appreciate that uh, Cassie headbutts the orf holding her and then just fucking spits in the Vissa's face, like but dead center on the eye. Um, then there's a weirdly charged moment between the two of them that I was like, what is this? And then we just move on and it's not addressed again. <laughs> and I'm like, what is okay? Look, if it was between different characters or even in a fanfic, that's the prelude to something fucky. I'm just <laughs> saying. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> he reaches out and grabs her hair, pulls her head back, and then just lets go. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> I'm sorry, can we go back to this highly charged moment right here? Like, and th- But there's nothing of it. It's just that moment. And I'm like, okay. I thought he was going to maybe say something to her or whisper something to her, but no, nothing. Just a weirdly... I always feel bad and kind of grossed out talking about things that are vaguely horny in kids' books, but these are 25-year-olds, so I feel less bad about it. And also, I'm reading this as an adult. I'm not sexualizing children. I'm just mm-hmm. pointing out that's tropey as hell. Um, but before we go into the next chapter, I want to loop back to Jake's observation about Cassie, describing her as a warrior and as calculating as any Vissa, you know, equating her with Rachel and Marco, mm-hmm. and just how I'm having emotions about it. <laughs> that's all. Just, mm. yep. Uh, because Cassie was on her own, so she had to be Rachel and she had to be Marco and just. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Which hey, shows that she is capable of it. Oh, yeah. For sure. I think Cassie, more than any of the others, has that adaptability. 
which is sort of like mm-hmm. illustrated by the fact that she's so good at morphing and her empathy mm-hmm. is that she, if under certain circumstances she can yeah. be do it all. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, we also see that like in her books, like uh, mm. with like the yeah, surgery she has book. Has to go solo. Yeah. Yeah. She's so capable. Mm-hmm. I think it's again like when she doesn't have a choice. She just mm-hmm. does the thing and doesn't have yep. time to think about it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when there's no room for moralizing, then she just acts, and it's good. Uh, but the Visser lets Jake go, and he's like, we'll be watching, go back to work. And Jake just kind of, like, wakes up back at his work desk. At the end of the work day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel um, like the book's giving up any pretense after a point of trying to make us think that this is a, actually a timeline situation. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> um, it is reminiscent of the everything unraveling that we, that we saw, um, mm. in, in the last Megamorphs. Um, but also it's, it's also just like dream logic. Yeah, um, super, super so. But the the end of the workday, so Jake just kind of like leaves with everybody else and goes to this like banquet hall slash bar slash eatery, whatever. There's this, food and drinks. Um, this feels like a thirteen year old's idea of what a bar is like. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> But it's like um, everyone's there. It's all the junk food you could want, and everyone's mm-hmm. just there listening to music. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Because this is like a repurposed banquet hall, because obviously they're in the Chrysler yeah. building. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I do just like this visual of like long tables uh, framing a dance floor. There's off uh, with some kind of drink getting pissed. There's fucking. At the far end of the room, which is a visual I do love, a <laughs> ring of tacks on stuffed pot pie after pot pie into their mouths, <laughs> cheered on by Hawk Bashir. Like, yes! <laughs> Instead it's of slapping great. shots or downing beer, it's just taxons eating pot pie. It's just, mwah! <laughs> That's great. Love this. Um, but the rest, most of the crowd is human. Uh, apparently, evidently, the Erks understand the humans' need for leisure time and junk food. And it's all just like tacos, hamburgers, chicken strips, cheese sticks, buffalo wings, bowls of chips piled three feet high. No broccoli in sight. My mother would not be happy. I was in <laughs> heaven. <laughs> Nightmare or not, it was real enough. I felt hunger. So he just, ble- just like he feels massively hungry. So we go. He stacks up a plate of food. Um, and he goes to get a drink, and he gets bumped into by a hawk, but he already loses his plate of food. <laughs> Jake's ready to punch this Hawk Bajir. Just like, yeah, dude, I've been that hangry too. I feel you. Yeah. Um, but uh, this Hawk Bajir identifies himself as a friend, like covered in like bandana strips tied around. Um, but re- removes one of these ties to remove like a sort of branding of uh, EF. Um. And Jake assumes this is contact. He said, no, messenger, and gives him instructions uh, that he needs to, like, make it look like he's going to be leaving, but then heads to the kitchen. Um, they have a brief moment. 
Jake still gets a taco. Uh, Dance walks across the room, which is a lovely little detail. (laughs) Um, Fakes out leaving, um, but then um, backs into the kitchen like he was told. Um, And here we meet... um, Oh, so... Um, he can hear somebody, uh, struggling for air, um, and sees next to the island chopping block, uh, in this kitchen is a woman in a wheelchair, though he's not sure how he knows it was a woman. The face and body were grossly disfigured by injuries. She had no legs, only one arm, a horrifying scar shut one eye. The other eye looked at me. It gleamed a brilliant blue. I think I knew right then because the hair on the back of my neck stood on end. But the password is given, um, even though this person's lips can barely move and their voice is like a scrape, um, but strangely animated. But he has this moment of relief um, and thinks this is a disguise that someone is using just to talk to him. And this woman then reveals herself as Rachel identifiable by the sprig of dulled golden hair and the reckless vitality still shining in her one eye 